Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the After Show with Mackenzie Stewart and Amy Shannon. We have over 15 years of literary experience between us. Our mission is to educate and assist authors of all writing levels. Hello, Amy. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Hey, I am doing good. Um, welcome to Women's History Month. Yes. It's it's actually very exciting. I've been getting a lot of emails. Um, I I subscribe to the Women's um, Muse- History Museum, um, mm-hmm. and I get emails. And this month they have been flying in because there's there's so many women that are so you know they're, they're powerful whether they're, they're with their spoken words or their actions or their care for other people or they break down barriers and um and I think that can lead that's it's very they're very inspiring but I think also too if you if you look back there's um women who wrote and became authors way back when um you know before most writers were men Absolutely, absolutely, and so that um, we we are celebrate. We, we will continue to celebrate women his, women Women's History Month uh, throughout the month. Um, but today we have with us Allison. Allison, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me here. Awesome. Thank you so much. So today we have Allison McBan. Um, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Oh, McBain, yes. McBain. <laughs> uh, we have Allison McBain. And Allison, uh, welcome to the show. We always like to start the show off with our guests telling the audience a little bit about themselves. Um, well, I am a freelance editor, and uh, in addition to being a writer, um, and I like to write a little bit of everything. So I write short stories and poetry and novels. Um, basically, there are stories everywhere of every length. Basically, <laughs> and, uh, wow, like we are so much alike. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you just described how I feel. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we should be in a writing group together. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and and so speaking of that, so do you currently participate in a writing group? I do. Actually, I lead a couple of writing groups. Um, One of them is a poetry group. It's once a month, and uh, we just get together, have a good time, read our poetry, and sort of do light critiques on it. Um, And on top of that, I'm also uh, a member of the Fairfield Scribes. Um, We do more in-depth edits. We edit each other's books, and we're also, we also have a publishing arm. We do a literary magazine together. So thank you for sharing that. So because without your knowing this, that leads us to the um, growing conversation that Amy, Amy and I are having with our listeners about joining a writing group, um, joining oh, okay. some sort of group to connect with. And it's so important uh, for all of the, 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 the reasons you're, you're mentioning, right? Um, and it mm-hmm. just really helps you to connect with like-minded people 
people who are writing um, because, you know, our friends and family, they don't want to listen to another. Um, let, let me just read you a paragraph, right? They don't want to listen to another one of those, right? It only takes a like, like, let me. Let me tell you, oh, yeah, this was great. Yeah, this part was great. And then, you know what I'm saying? So we, we want to kind of give our family and friends a break and, and get get with like-minded people and, and share our work. So um, being in that space is good. It also, it, it also creates um, a safe space, right? And so when we start thinking about, you know, diversity and inclusion and everybody who is writing different types of, of, of work, um, now, you know, the, the writing group may be very specific to something, right? It may only be, you know, a certain thing. Um, and that's fine, too. Um, but you're still having people who have different types of voices in that particular, you know, very specific type of group. And we, that's the thing that we keep telling people out there to get in with a group. Allison, do you have um, um, any recommendations on how people can find local, um, you know, groups that yep. they can join? Um, do, do you have any information about that? I definitely do. And um, one of the best sites right now is meetup.com. Um, that's where I run my own writing groups through and get new members from. Um, but there are a ton of writing groups, and you can join pretty much anywhere in the world to a writing group, whether you want to do it online or whether you want to do it in person. Um, yeah, there are a lot of great writing groups on there. That's great, and and so the thing the thing about that is, if you don't find one in your area, start one in your area. So that's what I'm hearing you say, Allison. A hundred percent. And another great resource is libraries. Um, a lot of writing groups run through libraries because it's a wonderful space. Um, it's free generally to, to right. and they have rooms that you can go uh, get together with other like-minded. Um, writers. Uh, so definitely check out your libraries if you can't find something on Meetup in your area. Great, great okay. advice. Yeah, great. Yeah, great advice. I mean, and, and so just want to let folks out there know, we did not tell Allison to say any of those things about writing. <laughs> so we, we did not. This is not a scripted show at all. And so, but, but again, it keeps, we, we keep, we, we keep trying to get people who um, when, whenever we're having these conversations to really validate some of the things that Amy and I are sharing as best practices uh, for people of any writing, um, you know, you know, any beginner writing, or, you know, somebody who's beginning writing, someone who's in the middle stages, someone who made it published like 300 books, Amy Shannon. And so, you know, maybe, you know, it, it's, it's those people coming together because you, that just creates, you know, people who have um, great wisdom and insight. Um, you know, the new person may have some great wisdom and insight. So uh, I, I just think that's just really great. That's just awesome. Um, so Allison, tell us about the new empire. Um, yeah, it's my latest book. Uh, it basically is an alternate history novel that has the premise that uh, the Chinese uh, empire reached North America a couple centuries before Europeans did and established sort of trading um, outposts that helped uh, the uh, 
tribal uh, societies band together into becoming a superpower, basically on par with the other uh, powers at the time. So by the time the story rolls around in the 1700s, um, they're pretty much a force to be reckoned with. And um, the main character is, is from the Chinese Empire. Uh, he's actually the son of the last emperor, and uh, he is sold into slavery and has to figure that out. <laughs> hmm. Did you so do a that, lot of research? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I'm a history buff, so half the fun is just reading all about all, all the background, um, um, the many different cultures and languages I put in uh, into my book. Um, that was tons of fun. <laughs> You know, Alice. Oh, that, I, I, yeah, I understand. <laughs> I love so it. You're bringing I up another point. You, yeah, you're bringing <laughs> up another point. So I love to research, and then I get. I, I love to. I love to learn something new. I tend to go down the rabbit hole. I will be just reading and reading and reading for three, <laughs> four years, and not really capturing um, how. So, and I think I know your answer, but um, when is enough research enough? Like, when do you know when to stop? And um, I know you mentioned your history buff, um, and that's what drew you to that type of uh, that type of book. Um, but if someone wants to, um, you know, learn more or venture into historical fiction, um, what what do they need to do? So that was a two part question. Okay. Um, well, when is enough enough? I, I feel that this uh, holds true for basically any type of book that you're writing, no matter the genre. Um, and this is what I tell authors I work with as an editor. Basically, when you're so sick of looking at it, you can't edit another word, then you're done. <laughs> um, but for research, like, I, you know, it depends how much world building. For historical fiction, obviously, there's a lot of world building in it. Um, and uh, there's, you know, fans will be happy to point out when you make mistakes. So depending on how many emails you want to receive, <laughs> you might want to really go in depth and try to make it as accurate as possible. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, the second part of uh, your question, I'm sorry, just remind me <laughs> quickly. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So if someone wants to get into historical fiction, because I I start sometimes, so so there's lots of things that I write about in my book. It's not really history related, but um, I find myself digging into it, and I am like, um, you know, not sure, you know, how much of it that I need to add. But if someone wants to get into historical fiction. Um, what's it, what advice do you suggest for them? Um, so I, I guess the very first thing is they got to they got to love right history, right? Yeah, you really have to love it because you will be. I, I would say probably the least amount of time I spent was actually writing the book. Um, so, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I can so I spent that. much more time uh, doing the research and doing the world building and having pages and pages and pages of notes that never went near the book. Um, mm -hmm. So making sure that everything was accurate that way. 
Um, so pick something you really love. Like, you know, there, there can be a really great concept, but make sure you're willing to spend perhaps even years with it, <laughs> developing okay. it yeah. and making sure the story storyline gets through. Um, no, that, that's really good advice because right now I'm actually writing my first historical fiction. It's a, it's based in my hometown. Um, and I've oh, never wow, based congrats. a story off my, thank you. I've never based a story off my hometown before. So I've been doing a lot of research and contacting, you know, historical societies and getting pictures and all these things. And then as I'm doing the research, I'm like, you know, there's not a lot of books that tell the whole, you know, tell the history of the town. There's bits and pieces and little bits on websites. So I've decided that not only am I going to finish, I don't know if it's going to be a short story or a novella or whatever, um, my fiction book, but I'm going to do a historical nonfiction book about my hometown. Because I got so oh, much nice. information, and because of it was all piecemeal, I thought I could put it all together and maybe make something happen. That's awesome, and I'm sure your town will appreciate it. You could probably do some promotional stuff uh, <laughs> on the ground there. I, I, I uh, yeah, I love my hometown, and um, I really love history. Like uh, I've been delving into my family's history, and I. Um, I just I love learning about history and I love learning new things all the time. So it's been a long time since I got really excited about a project because I have trouble writing. So, but this is like I can't get it out of my head till it's on paper. So thank you for yeah, that advice because actually that that is something for me to you know think about and really decide. Okay, what should go and which you know, which book, because I want my paranormal book to be historically accurate, but it's also a paranormal book, so. Yeah, if it's near and dear to your heart, your readers will know it, definitely. Most definitely, most definitely. I, um, so I'm going to let the two of you have the history, um, genre. <laughs> For yourselves and um, <laughs> no, I, I I am so uh, mesmerized by um, the amount of work that it takes. I love a historical fiction um, novel, um, and and so you know, eventually perhaps I would do that one day myself. But um, definitely, Allison, my hat goes off to you um, in your uh, in your writing. Is there an is is there an excerpt that you would like to read for our audience to so they can get a feel for your writing style, for your characters? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, I have a short excerpt uh, from my book sort of a uh, few years into Jiangxi's story. Jiangxi is my main character. Um, and it's from when he's about 11 years old. And uh, in the excerpt, uh, he's, you know, he's a slave, um, and he comes across a, a fellow slave, so a girl a little bit older than him who's running away, and he decides to help her. Um, so the scene that takes place, they're currently in a boat uh, that he's restored, that he found abandoned, um, and they're traveling north up the coast. This takes place sort of on the west coast of North America. Um, okay, so. 
Relax, Jiang Shi said. I will propel the boat, but don't make any sudden movements. Hold on to the sides of your doing, and it will all be fine. She held so still as he paddled the boat that he worried she was holding her breath and would pass out. But no, she was breathing shallowly through her mouth. He could see when she turned her head to glance back at him. How far, she whispered, but had to repeat herself more loudly when he didn't hear her the first time over the sounds of the ocean and cries of the gulls. Some ways, his paddle dipped first one side, then the other. The waves tried to push him closer to shore, so it took some concentration to stay parallel to the coast and also to not drift farther out to sea. There were tides that could pull the boat out, and he kept his eye on the sandy strip of beach to make sure that they didn't stray too far. He remembered that she had asked a question and tried to elaborate. There aren't many people here. The fishermen go out with the early morning and would not be so close to the land anyway. The rest of the tribes stay inland, where the land is good for farming. The nearest coastal city is where we came from. I see, she said quietly. Then, how do you know so much, and why are you out here? Her gaze flicked upwards, and he knew she was eyeing his slave brand. The scar burned into his forehead. I am given a certain freedom, he replied. Is that why you go back? She asked scornfully. He hesitated. Anything he said seemed to bring on her ire. Would he never know how to interact with other people? He felt the lack from the past few years. This was the most he had spoken to any one person in one sitting. Onas, his master, seldom spoke more than was necessary, and sometimes days would pass where Jiangxi performed his tasks with no conversation, knowing what was expected of him. No, his voice was quiet. I go back for your sake. Me? She laughed harshly. What does it matter to me? He realized then, or thought he realized, she attacked him because she was scared. Scared of running away, scared of being by herself. Scared of the wilds that might mean death to her. Despite her brave words about killing herself rather than facing slavery, she was frightened of death too. She was so full of fear that she lashed out, and he was the only one around to receive it. So he answered then spoken words. I will come back and bring you what I can, he said, but it might be some time. I cannot leave easily only when the master is gone. Until then, I will show you what I know so that you can survive. Her eyes met his, and the amber was warmer than before. She nodded to him, as if not trusting her mouth not to say something mean, and turned back to face the waters. They completed the rest of the ride in silence. Wonderful. Wonderful. Definitely gives... the reader a sense of your writing um, in in the in the main character. So let me ask you this. So why 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 did you decide to tell this story? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Why did you decide to tell this story? Um, it came from I I I love reading um, about history, and it it may sound a bit of a contradiction, but. I love reading about new discoveries in history, <laughs> things that, um, you know, archaeologists are finding. And there was about 10 years ago when I started, first started writing this, there was an article that came out that was uh, sort of a, a discovery or, a, you know, an idea that maybe the Chinese during their exploration period had actually landed on um, the west coast of South America. And um, nothing ever came of it. You know, obviously they did not explore further or make make contact further. But what if they had? 
you know, like, and that what if sort of drove me to write the story. Um, how would history be different if um, they had decided to make make extended contact, which is what they were doing, you know, with um, with other places at the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, there's always like a bad story to. Uh, the reason why a story is actually being told, and I think that I think people really want want to hear that. So you mentioned, so so how long have you been writing, and when did you start, and what drove you writing? Um, I don't remember a time I wasn't writing. <laughs> I've always loved writing. I've always loved reading. Um, I used to. Uh, write down stories. I think the oldest story that I have probably still in existence was from when I was four. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was about the monster in my closet. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I just um, have always been doing it. It's You see something out there, um, like you're going for a walk and you see someone walking their dog and you think about their life and you think about what brought them uh, to this point in their life, and you just start composing a story, um, and I've always been like that. You know, and, and I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I want people to know that there's not necessarily a a path. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. So you didn't say that. Oh, I studied I studied uh, literature in college. You didn't say that. You said I have always been. <laughs> Right, I mean, because most of the time that's what people think, right? They think that oh, I have to be, you know, you know, this major, or I have to major in writing, I have to do, um, you know, something that is connected to being formally trained. And I, I like that you mentioned, right? So if, if someone has, if they have a, um, you know, if they want to be a writer, they can be a writer without being formally trained. I, I'm not formally trained um, myself. Um, uh, I just so happen to um, actually to be able to to sit down, be still, and I had um, I changed jobs, and so I I didn't I wasn't busy all the time, and I started writing, and I didn't know I had that gift. So I I definitely recommend hear it from me. If we're living busy lives, <laughs> slow down. You may discover you have a talent, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. yeah, 100%. Yeah. You don't need an MFA. And, in fact, in going back to, you know, love of history, I studied history in college. So <laughs> it did end up in my writing, but not in the way most people think. Mm-hmm. Well, that, you know, that, that's good. I mean, I was never formally trained, but, um, you know, I didn't go to college until I was 38, and then I got my bachelor's in English, um, and then I got my MBAs after that. But I just wanted my writing to be better, um, to see if it could be better. And, you know, now it's not only I can write creatively, and with jobs I was able to write technical documents, but now I, I know the ins and outs of writing academic documents too, so I'm very familiar with, you know, the different... Um, you know, formats that, you know, um, academia requires, you know, like ALA or MLA and all those Mm -hmm. different things. So, um, you know, we're just, I think 
we're all lifetime, you know, we're lifelong learners and we like to learn. And, and you know, that's very important. Yeah, yeah. And Mackenzie's like, oh, I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I love history, but I'm not writing about it. But when you think about um, you giving jurors backstories, that's their history. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I. I think that. Um, um. I. I. I love this topic. I love Allison. You are um, using. You know, there's something that you learned in college that you um, really. Um, you know, an area of focus that you know you really loved, and um, and you know, and really to think about it. I, I really enjoy history in school, right? And so I love I love documentaries that, you know, give us a glimpse into the past and educate us on that. So I'm definitely a lover of that. Um, so, you know, what is your, I, I'm sure you're already thinking about it, you're already working on it. What's your next um, book? What's, have you started working on something next? Oh, I'm always working on something. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> several something. <laughs> um, yeah, my thing is always there's you know too many stories and not enough time. <laughs> um, but I am working on actually a couple books uh, in various stages of completion. Um, one of them, so one of my goals with my writing, and I had this from when I was a kid, was to write a book in every genre. And I know most agents and most publishers will say, no, you have to write in one genre, otherwise your readers won't follow you. But I read in all genres. Um, yeah, So I'm sort of following my goal. <laughs> um, and one of the next genres that I'm tackling is uh, romance. So I have oh. a paranormal romance that I'm about halfway done uh, writing and um, – it has it has a ghost in it, <laughs> so, um, but it's a very fun, um, yeah, story that that I'm writing set in New York, uh, New York City, and then I'm also working on the sequel to my first book, which is fantasy. Uh, it's a sort of a fairy tale retelling. It's uh, Beauty and the Beast, only gender swap. So the beast ended up being a woman in the first book. Oh, and so this good. carries on her I story. Like that. Yeah. So she so takes great. a lot of authority in, um, you know, because it could be seen as a negative or it could be seen as a positive in, in a sort of patriarchal society where women don't have right. a lot of power, both, you know, mentally and physically in terms of the power structure. Um, so she gets both and <laughs> runs with it, literally. Well, that's great. Now, I have yeah. your book, um, the one you discussed, I have that on um myself and it's I'm I'll be reading it soon and posting my review soon. But if you have other books that you've published in the past, you can send those to me and I can add them to my list to read and write reviews. I've been doing oh, that awesome. for Thanks I've been so writing much. reviews. Yeah. And even future books as well. Oh fantastic. I'd love to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey Allison, let me get let me get your um opinion. So it's just me and you. Nobody else is listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll plug my ears. <laughs> no, no, I mean all the listeners. Like the, the, you know, the listeners out there. We have people that's listening. Okay, so here, so let me ask you. 
One of the things, okay, so it's going to be a two-part question, so I'm going to start with the first. Do you think that reviews are important? Um, yes, uh, for a number of reasons. I don't know how much you want me to elaborate. <laughs> okay, all right, so you think that book book reviews are important. Okay, now, in what you do, writing and you do publishing and you have your um, your writing groups that you manage. Do you think there that there's enough book reviewers out there? Um, like formal book reviewers who post on yes websites or yes. Um, probably not. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Actually, one of my previous iterations, I was a book reviews editor for uh, uh, this magazine and um, I just know from the amount of books that I received I could not read all of them in a lifetime. <laughs> okay. so I don't know if you have the same thing going on uh, Amy but um, that's why my lists are very long. Exactly <laughs> and, and of course we all, all want to read all of them because there's so many oh, fantastic yeah. books out there um, but so some you can read. Yeah. I can read faster than others okay. because I read children's <laughs> books and everything else. So okay. you know. Um, but yeah, my 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 lists are, so, are are pretty long. <laughs> okay. So the next point is because we have so few book reviewers. Do you think? And, and so when I ask this next question, I'm I'm thinking of this from everybody's doing everything from an ethical standpoint, right? So. We're raising the bar high on what I'm getting ready to say. Okay, we're not saying you know the way that we've seen some people do some things. We're talking about ethical uh, in how they approach this. Do you think that we should we our industry should pay people to review books as a job? Um, there are reviewers that do that. So. For example, if you uh, know of Kirkus Reviews, which is considered one of right. the premier reviewing yeah. sites, right. they charge a lot to author reviews. Yeah, so it's out of the price range of a lot of authors, especially indie authors. Right. Like you're not dropping, you know, five hundred and fifty dollars. Don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's right. 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 No, no, no. I, I you're around um, it. Yeah, you're around that yeah, price. For, yeah. yeah, for each book, especially if you write a lot of books, like uh, it, it just is not uh, economical. Um, so it's it's you know it's a slippery slope. Like, do you want to get that very prestigious five hundred dollar review? It's it's hard to say if it's if you can do it, right? So not carcass. So just the average person that says. Hey, I want to make a difference. We don't have enough book reviewers out here. I'm going to start my own ethical book review, right? And these are the ethical oh, things that we do. Like, I'm not talking about the, you know, the the things that we can kind of see. Do you think that our industry could benefit from something like that? Yeah, I mean, I always believe that it's that money should go to writers. So, like, whether you're writing book reviews or you're writing, you know, as mentioned before, technical writing. Um, or fiction writing, you know, um, I, I, I think it's great. I, I've written book reviews before for magazines where I did get paid, you know. Um, usually not, <laughs> but um, I, I, I think it's worthwhile. If, you, if you're writing, you, you should get paid. 
So here's the thing. I, I think that um, – so Amy knew where I was going with, with all the, the questions. Yeah. So yeah. I, here's the thing. We, 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 I'm talking about collective we, there is a need. We know that there is a need, but there's such a negative connotation around that. Even when Amy goes into spaces where she's like, hey, send me your books. I'll read them. And then it's like, well, we don't pay for book reviews. And it's like, she didn't say that she was even charging you for the book review. They're free. And then so yeah, it's, always, it's, I don't it's, charge. Very, it's very negative, um, you know, approach. And, and, and I think that, I think that's another conversation, obviously for another day, because we're approaching our time. But I think that we, we, the collective, we need to have a conversation around how to like change that mindset because that's what if, if anybody wants to sell a book you're going to need a book review that's just yeah. it <laughs> that's true and that's, that's true it. i've been doing it since 2014 and i really picked up around 2018 i don't charge for book reviews i do accept donations because that gives me a little something sometimes I just use it to buy the author's book so they could be like verified purchases or not but other times it's just like oh you know I could use the money I'm a disabled writer so I am on a fixed income and I still love to read and love to um, interact with authors of all types of genres well, well, one thing that I've come across, I don't know if this is, <laughs> I'm running into your time, but one thing I've come across is some review sites, you know, great, great review sites, um, they will, in addition to doing a donation, sometimes they will charge by links. So they'll say, hey, you know, because this is taking my time. It's just like, you know, an hourly rate. So if your book is X number of pages, then it'll be a $5 review or $10 or 15 So. I don't know. That yeah. might be a good solution, sort of like pain by word, right? Right, right. But but just giving something. So maybe so maybe the the book review. So I don't know. Maybe maybe this hypothetical person is going to charge. You know what? I charge twenty dollars for a book review. Um, I'm going to place the reviews here, 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 and here for you. So that's what I'm going to do, right? And and so. Mm-hmm. I just think there's such a negative connotation around um, it, that people think that if you're paying for a book review, that you're paying the person to to rate the review, right? And so, and so, you know, and that can go really south real quick, right? Give my money back. You gave me a one, right? So that's a, that's just something else, right? <laughs> yes. No, that's something else, right? So uh, yeah, <laughs> I did have an author ask me once, what what would you charge me um, so to give me a five-star review? I'm like, um, nothing because I'm not going to read your work. I, that was just, you know, I, I don't turn many people away. Some I do because I don't like liars and I don't like people who try to bribe me into giving them a specific review. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you what. So, so Allison, since I've, put you on the hook, right? So let me put you on the hook again. You're such a good sport. You're such a good sport. Okay. Do do you okay, let me let me not make this a leading question. Let me let me ask the question. All right. What are your thoughts about um 
what what are your thoughts about um, the term vanity press that people, and I'm just saying people in general, are lumping indie authors in and the the conversation around just indie authors in general it just it gives such a negative connotation when someone says that they're indie author so can you speak to that what what are your thoughts about the whole they lump indie authors into this vanity press situation and then also the negative connotation around indie authors uh, that we, you know, the, the the only reason why we're publishing our own book is because we can't, we can't, um, you know, um, you know, our, our work isn't good enough for anybody to, to, to accept us, right? Yeah, I mean, there, I, I like to say that we live in the golden age of authors because there are many routes to publication, and it's not just the old um the old standard, like, you know, you get an agent, you go to one of the big five, and you get published. Um, so I actually celebrate that there's a lot of different ways to publication. Um, but I agree, there is still sort of a negative connotation. And one reason is because the in the olden days, I should say, um, the big five the agents, they were gatekeepers. So they made sure that a work was edited. They made sure that it had a good cover. Um, and you can you can put anything up. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you don't have to edit it. You can you can draw the cover yourself, even if you're not an artist. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this really can uh, create a negative connotation, especially on the indie authors who are doing this as a career and who do either invest the time or the money to have a very professional cover, to get editing done, to have you know a, a book on par with traditional publishing. Um, so, yeah, it, it's tough. And, and, of course, the term vanity publishing, no one wants to <laughs> use that term. Um, no. A, another p- term that has come up is hybrid publishing because you do pay for some services just as if you were going out and finding them yourself, like an editor um, is usually associated okay. with hybrid publishing. You pay a set fee, and then you get, you know, 100% or 50% of the royalties, which is um, usually much higher than a traditional publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are definitely, like, you know, shades of uh, publishing these days. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know if, you know, someone who is only looking for a traditional publisher, only looking for an agent will ever see indie books as on par. I do. I definitely do. I love indie authors. Um, I have been published both traditionally and, you know, uh, through my through my company. So, um I I think both are great, and obviously I'm an editor. I, I do help uh, authors who want to, you know, to send out queries, but I also have a number of clients who do hire me so that they can self-publish. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm a big proponent of it. And however you want to tell your story, I love it. I, I want you to get, whoever you are, I want you to get your story out there because you have an important voice. Yeah, exactly. I just, yeah, I, I think that there definitely needs to continue to be a larger conversation. I don't know where it needs to happen, um, but we try to have it in such a small space here about um, just the just the negativeness of it. Um, and, you know, someone is an indie author, whether it's 
the true, you know, indie author or hybrid, um, which is fine, right? Um, and I think, and I'm using air quotes, those people who um, say, you know, that use the term vanity press, I don't think they care whether you're saying you're trying to distinguish between indie, uh, indie, and then, you know, the whole hybrid. I don't think they care. It's, it's all, you know, you're, 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 it's a vanity thing. You, you want to write a book, and so in order for you to write that book, you have to publish it yourself. So that's the whole I think that's the whole thought process. And the thing about it was I thought that people stopped saying it, but that's not the truth. That's not the truth. I mean, I, you know, Amy and I, we've encountered like many people in, in conversations that they're still bringing that up. And I'm thinking, I thought we retired that word. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I tell you, um, Allison, you, you've been a good sport um, in, (laughs) And answering all, all of these, these questions, um, it's always good for our audience to um, hear a different perspective because these are things that Amy and I would talk about all the time. Um, and, and it's like, um, you know how it is. It's, it's like when when your um, significant other, your mother or father tell you something, you hear it. But yet when, some, when one of your friends tell you, tell you the same thing, the same thing, the same way. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, yeah, let me tell you something great that I just heard, right? So it's, um, uh, it's one of those things. So it's great hearing your voice and hearing your thoughts around this. And we definitely want to continue to lean in on with you and um, helping support your work and also having a, a, a larger conversation because, you know, you have a publishing company. And so um, I think we probably need to start having a larger conversation um, and have people, you know, talk and share and and see if we can try to take that vanity um, stigma away from indie authors. Yeah, 100%. And I'm happy to back you guys up anytime. <laughs> Thank you so yes. much. Yeah, we love you. having you on the show. Oh, yes, oh, well, yes, thank yes. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, I you guys are remind, awesome. Oh, thank you. I want to remind our our listeners you can find Allison's uh, work by going to um, our guest. So if you go to our guest, you will find all the information that you need to know to find her, um, her book, how to find her on social media, and please reach out, and we will definitely continue to reach out to you, Allison, to have this conversation. Yes, Fantastic. Allison, thank you very much. I'd love much. to continue it. Yes, thank you, Allison. Oh, thank you so much. I'm giving you a virtual hug. Thank you for being on today. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. You know, Amy, Women History Month um, really helps us to be able to share in, you know, the great work um, that other authors are, other authors, other women are sharing um, to the world. Um, I think yeah. that, um, you know, it's just amazing. Um, Margaret Atwood, she didn't start writing until later in life, right? And so yeah. uh, the amazing stories that she's written and to be, we've, we've celebrated her before. Um, and yeah. we've actually talked about uh, <laughs> The Handmaid's Tale um, um, on, on the show. And so uh, great work, um, you know, from her. But um, yeah, there's other great, great women out there that we can definitely continue to 
to share. We, we had a really great discussion the beginning of the month, right, about some of those great women who, <laughs> who um, definitely made history um, and definitely still, um, you know, we could continue to, to bring up their work and how they're making an impact. Definitely. And there was something, um, I remember last year when we we lost um, Ruth Gator's, um, you know, Bader Ginsburg. And mm-hmm. there was just something recently on the news that they, um, the Supreme Court, they did something to honor her. And I can't think of exactly what they did, but it mm-hmm. was something you know, to honor her legacy, not just mm-hmm. as, you know, a Supreme Court justice, but as a woman and, um, you know, in, in power. And I I loved how, you know, you know, she fancied up her robes with those, you know, those <laughs> laced things around mm-hmm. her neck and she had different ones. And I, I just, I found that was... Um, you know, I was like, wow, I just, I couldn't believe how long it had been. And then, um, mm-hmm. you know, then I was thinking about, um, you know, I have this thing on my wall. Um, it's, a, it's a quote of hers. And mm-hmm. I just love it. And I I read her book. It was a lot of legal stuff. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I did read it. <laughs> so, you know, women past, present, and future they, you know, there is power with your voice, with your pen, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. with sharing your history. I mean, when you think about, we were talking about, you know, historical writing, um, mm-hmm. you know, on our uh, the other uh, part of the show. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking that, you know, there's just, you know, there's women throughout history that they broke barriers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sometimes they didn't until after they died. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. their stories weren't told till after they, they died or they were told late in life. Um, you know, like I think of Laura Ingalls Wilder, who's, um, you know, I read all of her books she wrote. They were for children, but I read all of them because I really liked it. And then my father brought me um, some books that had to do, you know, somebody else wrote about her as a person, you know, her life and things like that. So, and I just find that it was so interesting to, you know, the way that they they lived, some mm-hmm. women um, I think back to uh, slavery. There were there were black women and black men writers, um, but they had to do it in secret. Mm-hmm. They they had to be they were educated in secret, or they learned by you know eavesdropping on maybe their master's children or you know did whatever they were teaching or something, but it's, um, it's, a, it's a shame that, that, you know, people had to hide 
their their voice. Basically, mm-hmm. that's what our, us telling our stories are. They're, we're mm-hmm. telling what's in our head, what's in our heart. And when you read something, you can tell if the author had passion about what they were writing or not. Mm-hmm. And I know as I say that a lot, but it, it's it's true. I read a lot, and even some nonfiction, you know, when there's a lot of facts or business stuff, you can tell if the person was just writing it to write it, to get it on paper, or it's something that they were passionate about. Maybe I'm not passionate about mathematics or economics or something, but I will read an economics book and I'll be able to, you know, um, if I don't understand it, I look it up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But how they write and no matter what the subject is. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that um, I think all of us, and I'm using all of us, you know, um, I, I think all of us, especially women who they've, they have achieved or are achieving their dream, whatever that dream may be, for them to mentor others who want to um who wants to walk in that particular path. I think that's important for us to do. Um, I think that, you know, I, I think that we do it here on the show, right? So we're, we're definitely yeah. trying to encourage whoever whoever's listening, please, you know, um, in our conversation with Allison, you know, you, you don't have to be formally trained in a very specific area, right? One of the things that mm-hmm. we're wanting to do is follow your passion, right? Follow your passion yeah. and, and do that thing. And so I think that oftentimes, um, and that's why it's good to go to those writing groups because oftentimes we have people who are surround that we that surrounded us that are surrounding us that may not see our vision. They may say, "Why are you wasting your time writing?" They they may not be as encouraging as that writing group is. So, so it's definitely important to be able to be around people who think like yourself, meaning just writing, right? But I yeah, think that yeah. I, I think that we owe it to people to help and support them. I, I you know, what, what are your thoughts, Amy? Well, oh, I, I totally agree. Um, the I think it was um, not too long ago I was uh, interviewed on a podcast called Page Break, and um, you know, he, um, Elliot, uh, Elliot Parker, um, was the host and he's also an author that I, I read a lot about. One thing he asked me is, he's like, if you could change something in the publishing arena, you know, whether for good or for bad, if you had a magic wand, what would you do? And my answer was that I would have think of the word but it was it's really about being able to publish whether it's a hybrid publisher you know let them be you know have a set of guidelines for whether you know things go go live or not you know um don't just say oh yeah don't read the book you know don't be um you know i think people should be more um just you know selective um or publishing should be more selective because the ones that are publishing and their writing is, um, let's see, not well. 
um, mm-hmm. not good enough. Maybe they could tell a story, but maybe they can't write. I mean, that's right. what ghostwriters are for. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that kind of thing. People need to know if they can or can't write. But follow your passion. Whatever your dream is, like if you you want to be a writer, write. That's what makes you a writer. Being published makes you the author. But, you know, in my you know, in my head, as, as a writer, when people ask me, I'm like, well, I'm a book reviewer, I'm a writer. I, I, I don't use the word author very much. I use the word writer because that is, you know, that's who I am. That's what I do. I I write book reviews. I write letters for clients. I do a lot of stuff, and I I teach them my clients, people that ask me questions, and it's okay to just, you know, email me, email us, ask us a question, mm-hmm. we'd be glad to help you out, or maybe it's a topic that is something that we haven't heard about, because there's always trends and topics and mm-hmm. rumors and things like that, so if you have a question, you hear a rumor, let us know, because, you know, I've heard so many different rumors about posing reviews on Amazon, and 90% of them were not true. And I know that uh, because whenever I got a rumor, get a rumor, I would contact Amazon myself to make sure <laughs> that my, you know, what I have as their guidelines are correct. And they they did, um, you know, they've changed some things for for the better, um, but. You know, I always try to make sure I know what their rules are so I can post my reviews. And um, once they've been posted to Amazon, because sometimes it takes a few minutes or it takes a couple days, I let the author know, oh, it's it's been on Amazon. Here's, here's the link now. So, um, you know, it's not me being slow. <laughs> it's, it's Amazon being slow because I post widely whenever possible. Um, yeah, so no, I, I, know. I, I think what we do, yeah, yeah, you know, I know. That, hopefully, um, mm-hmm. no, I was just going to say, hopefully, our legacy. Maybe someday people will be celebrating Women's History Month and remember Amy and Mackenzie. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, I know that I see things all the time on social media, and I'm like. Amy, this is what I saw. Is this true or not? Right, because uh, especially yeah. with Amazon or just think, just things, just in general that you have more of a background with your reviews and and things that you are um, familiar with, like BookBub and some of those other uh, sites where people can get books. And um, I definitely do um, use you as a source, as a reference to to all those things. <laughs> No, I, I I do a lot of research on publishers, agents, um, different processes of, you know, the publishing processes because there are, like we were talking about Vanity Press, but there are, there are different names. Some call themselves a traditional publisher, but independent. So, you know, you have the big five traditional publishers, and then they have all of their imprints. Um, and the imprints are just different sections of their particular mm-hmm. um, company, and they maybe um, they have a set genres or they have a set target audience for these certain things. 
Um, I know I I um, I read a lot of I I subscribe to a lot of newsletters and um, not just from authors but like um, book information sites and um, the American Library Association. Like I said before, the Women's History um, Museum, and that gives me a lot of information. And usually, when I find something interesting, I pass it on to you and say, "Hey, look at this." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, no, absolutely. So, so it, it it helps to be informed. And sometimes I take that information and I put it on my blog. Um, and share it because not everybody may be reading the same information, even if it's just a link. Oh, you know, check this out because this gives you some information. Um, there are other uh, reviewers out there. Some are more um, discernible than others, and some cost more than others. Um, my reviews are free, and I am I have been doing this long enough to be considered a professional reviewer. Mm-hmm. Well. So uh, on that note, that's how I met you, Amy. Right. So uh, I was. Yep. I went, uh, yep. I went with a hybrid um, uh, publisher, and so one of the and I participated in the marketing uh, strategy that they they offered, and they said your book you have to get this particular Shannon to review your book, but at that time you you were close to my genre and. Um, and then as a courtesy, and it was really nice of them to do this, after you opened up your your review um, for um, that genre, they pinged me back and said, hey, this person is, is now accepting your genre. Um, please submit directly to her. And so, yeah, you, you are, right? So you, you are the person that um, – authors that you know in, in the actual writing community so uh, you may you see somebody every now and then um but i don't think that they're reading as fast um as you read or on a more full-time basis right um because yeah you know you're, you're reading like you're reading like um a person who's working 40 hours and they picked up some overtime right so yeah that's yeah. <laughs> Well, no, it, it's, it's true. Reading, but, uh, um, and, you know, listening to audio books and all of that, um, you know, whether an audio book was once a print book or is a print and an audio book, I, I do both. Um, but, you know, I have, it's what I, what I'd like to do. And, and I get a lot of authors that say, oh, this author told me you know, tell me all about you and, you know, referred mm-hmm. you to me. <laughs> um, right. Great. I don't have a referral program. I can't afford a referral program, but I get a lot of referrals from other authors or, um, you know, uh, blog tour companies. I work with several or several um, publicists, things like that. I have mm-hmm. connections with um, publishers as well. Um, oh. So I read most things and, mm-hmm. um all right. Well, thank you, Amy. Um, so we're going to wrap the show up. Thank you for listening to the after show. I'm Mackenzie Stewart. And I'm Amy Shannon. Anything that you need to know about us is on our website, weetheaftershow.wixsite.com slash home. Join us again next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.